Good day everyone. Welcome to our online Sunday service. We are so glad that you could worship with us today. Whether online or on-site, it's always a joy for us to gather as a church community. In fact, I would just like to share with you that next week, next Sunday, Victory Davao will be celebrating its 25th anniversary. Yes, 25 years na po ang Victory Davao and we would like to say thank you for journeying with us the past many years. You may have been part of Victory Davao since the beginning or maybe the past 15 years, the past 20 years, the past 10 or 5 years, or maybe you've been part of our church for the past few months. We're grateful. Thank you for choosing to stand with us. And our prayer is that for the next 25 years, for the next 100 years, we will continue to honor God and make disciples. So join us next Sunday for a day of celebrating together as a church community. We value your faith. We value your commitment. We value your love for the church. And our prayer is that even uh, despite of this pandemic, we pray that you'll continue to serve with us and really commit to the call and purpose of God in our lives. So once again, next week, to celebrate with us. Now, as we continue with our series entitled Trustworthy, as we discover about the plans of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, let's get into the Word of God in Isaiah chapter 2. And we will be reading verses 1 to 5. Now, I, I want to encourage everyone to do really open your Bibles because nothing compares really to getting into the Word of God. In fact, as believers, as Christ's followers, what would really give us the strength and hope for everything that we're going through is the Word of God. And so that's my prayer. Really keep on digging deep into the Word of God and let the Word of God speak to us and change us. That's what it means of being a disciple, following the Word of God. All right, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. The Word of God says, The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths for out of zion shall go the law and the word of the lord from jerusalem he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us pray. God, we commit to you our time this, uh, this time. I pray, Lord, that you would just really speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just minister to every heart and give us understanding as we get into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. For most of us, when we were younger, there have been places na paborito nating pinupuntahan. It could be a mall, it could be a theme park, or it could be just the park na meron malapit sa atin. Now, growing up, there are, there are somehow memories na meron tayo and somehow you would want to revisit those places and when you return to those places, it's not the same anymore. Maybe for some, it became better, but maybe for most, it's not just the same anymore. I remember when I was a child and my parents brought me to Magsaysay Park 
And I really enjoyed going there. And currently, as an adult, every time I plan to visit Magsaysay Park again, somehow people are saying it's not the same anymore. It's not the same place where you would enjoy uh, roaming around and maybe the memories that you've had with that place, just keep it as a memory. And this is the very situation that the prophet Isaiah was having. Because growing up as a young man in Judah, he saw how God was blessing his nation. Because the kings during the time from Uzziah and then to Jotham, they were righteous kings. They were good kings and they were following God. They were um, obeying every decree of God. That's why in their obedience, God has blessed the nation of Judah. But interestingly, yung anak po ni Jotham, which was King Ahaz, yung pumalit kay Jotham, he was a different king. And what happened was, Ahaz, instead of really obeying God, he started to do things in his own way, in his own capacity, in his own limited wisdom. And one of the things that he did was he partnered or he became an ally of a pagan nation, which was Assyria. And God was greatly displeased with what King Ahaz did. And so if you look at the covenants that God had made, he was telling Noah and Moses and David and, and, and the people of Israel, if you worship me, I will be your God. I will protect you. I will be the one to deliver you from your enemies. Do not worship other gods. But what these different kings in Israel and even some kings in Judah, they worship the gods of the, these different nations. And God was greatly displeased with King Ahaz. So here comes Isaiah, he kept on rebuking and telling King Ahaz of what he was doing was not in accordance to the plans and purposes of God. So Isaiah just kept on rebuking King Ahaz, return to the Lord, trust the Lord. But to no avail, King Ahaz continued to do what he did. And for most of us, when we get discouraged, we start to just really run away. We try to to, to make an escape. For example, for most people, especially for Filipinos, when things don't go their way, whether it's in the government or their personal experiences, they would always try to make a way to somehow get into a position where they would be in this what we call greener pastures. And there's nothing wrong with just making these plans but if in the process you are disqualifying the plans of god you are disqualifying the purposes of god in your life then my friends because more importantly despite of the tragedies and the difficulties that we are going through god is still at work in fact, what we can learn from this story is that despite of the judgment of God that was about to be placed in the nation of Judah, God delivers hope through His Word. And this is one of the amazing things about God because be, despite of our sinfulness, despite of how wicked we are, God gives us His Word. And in His Word, we see an exact, clear picture of how wicked and sinful we are, yet He still gives us hope through His Word. 
In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1, it says here, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In short, there is a concern. There was a problem. There was an issue in Judah and Jerusalem. And we can see here that in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, these kings of Judah, and these are the kings that the prophet Isaiah was assigned to deliver the word of God to. Friends, so many of us realize we put our trust in the government rather than on God. In fact, nag-away-away pa tayo just because of our differences in our political views. But instead of fighting, debating, and convincing others of our political stand, have you ever taken the time to tell people of the goodness of God, of the awesomeness of God, of the good news of the kingdom of God? Because man's government will always fail. But the kingdom of God, the gospel, the goodness of God, it will last forever. In fact, the reality is that despite of the uncertainty of man's leadership, only the word of God gives us hope and confidence. And here's what Isaiah saw. If you look at Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, it talks about the coming kingdom. It talks about the reign of Christ here on earth. Now, there are different interpretations of the doctrine of millennialism. Now, when you talk about the doctrine of millennialism, that is found actually in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. And it talks about there will come a time where Jesus will reign for a thousand years. Other scholars, they would say that um, it's figurative. But it has been repeated in the book of Revelation. And that really is a picture of what's about to come. Where for a thousand years, Christ will come. In fact, there are different views on the doctrine of millennialism. There are those who believe in pre-millennialism, uh, millennialism, and the post-millennialism. And these different views, regardless of what you believe or what you stand or what your stand is, understand one thing: that Jesus Christ will return soon, and He will reign for a thousand years. And after that, then there will be new heaven and a new earth. But in this very moment where Christ will come here on earth and He will reign here on earth as King, as Lord, we will experience peace like no other. We will experience joy that is only available in Christ Jesus. We will experience the restoration of what God has originally intended for our lives here on earth and our lives. We will experience like long life. We will experience His presence every single day. We will experience the goodness of God and everything that God has said in His Word. We will experience it. And we will see Christ coming and reigning here on earth. In fact, we will even see that Jerusalem will be the center of everything. And, and every nation here on earth will look to Jerusalem and they will really look up to Christ as the source of everything. And so whatever doctrine you hold unto, this is one truth that we should always remember. That the promise of a coming kingdom where Jesus reigns should give us hope and confidence. Let me repeat that. That the promise of a coming kingdom where Jesus reigns should give us hope and confidence. 
You see, when the prophet Isaiah was giving this prophecy, he was talking about this eschatological age where it's about the latter days. It's about the end times. It's about in the last days. And before God would create a new heaven and a new earth, Christ will come for a thousand years and he will reign for those thousand years. The Bible tells us that when Christ returns to the earth, he will establish himself as king in Jerusalem, sitting on the throne of David. And that's actually found in Luke chapter 1. The unconditional covenants demand a literal, physical return of Christ to establish the kingdom. The Abrahamic covenant promised Israel a land, a posterity, and a ruler, and a spiritual blessing. The Davidic covenant promised Israel a king from David's line who would rule forever, giving the nation rest from all their enemies. At the second coming of Christ, he will bring his judgment, and these covenants will be fulfilled as Israel is regarded from the nations, converted and restored to the land under the rule of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible speaks of the conditions during the millennium as a perfect environment, physically and spiritually. It will be a time of peace and joy and comfort. The Bible also tells us that only believers will enter the millennial kingdom. Because of this, it will be a time of obedience, holiness, truth, and the knowledge of God. And the good news is that Christ will rule as king. There will be nobles and governors who will rule, but at the same time, Jerusalem will be the political center of the world. Now in verse 2, it, shall, it says there, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. The good news is that Jesus will come again and he will reign as king. For many of us who are discouraged and weary because of all the, the news that we have been hearing, like in India, there are, are like 332,000 cases in a day. And in like three days or in a week, there are like one million new cases of COVID. And of all this news that we have been hearing every single day, it's natural for us to get discouraged and to be anxious. But for a believer... For us to understand that Jesus, our King, is reigning and He is in control, understand that this truth should put hope in our hearts. And not only that, this is a truth that is unchanging. The world may tell us of what's important or what's valuable, but church, the truth of God's Word is infallible. The truth of God's word is steadfast. But more importantly, it will come to pass. Why? Because God is a trustworthy God. That whatever promises he had made and he had given to his people, even to us, we can claim it and receive it by faith. Now verse 4, the Bible says, He shall judge between the nations and he shall judge disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. You can see here that when Jesus comes to reign, what will he do? He will judge and he will reign. In short, 
He will judge the wicked. He will judge every unfairness that took place. He will judge the oppression that ever took place here on earth. And during that time, every wicked thing will be judged. But more importantly, he will reign as our righteous king. He will bring peace to the conflicts. He will bring clarity to, to any confusion. And he will bring settlement to the disputes. In fact, if you look at one of the things na kinakabahan ng mga tao ngayon or ng nations or, or government leaders is that there are the, the most powerful nations, they have what we call these nuclear weapons. But during the reign of Christ, it will be no more. No more of wars, no more of conflicts. There will be perfect peace in the reign of Christ. And more importantly, everyone will look to Jesus for answers. In verse 3, many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Do you see what's happening here? That during the reign of Christ, everyone will look to Jesus and people will come together to seek his word and worship him. What people will do is that they will just look to Christ and they will just really ask Jesus, Lord, we want your plans. We want your will for us. Teach us your ways. We want to embrace what you have in store for us. And that will be a beautiful day because no more skin color, no more race, no more language, no more dialect, no more difference will hinder us from worshiping God as one. And in that very moment in time, every person, whether you're from Israel or you're a Gentile believer like us, we will come together and just worship God. And everyone... During the time of Christ's reign here on earth, we will just really enjoy perfect peace. But more importantly, we will see our brothers and sisters as one worshiping our great God. You see, it is God's great plan where people will know Him and seek Him, discover about Him, desire Him, and worship Him. This is man's original purpose. We are created to know God, to glorify God, and to worship God. We are created to enjoy God forever. But what happened? Because of sin, sin replaced this pleasure for God, for earthly pleasures. That's why for most of us, what we pursue today are things that's not of God. What we pursue is worldly success. We pursue promotion. I'm not saying that those are wrong because it's not. In fact, God wants you to be promoted, but He intends you to be promoted so that His glory will be displayed as you are in that position to influence other people. So many people, they, in, they desire for fame. So many people, they desire for power. But they desire all these things, not because they want to honor or glorify God, but for selfish motives. And you see, church, all of the things that we try to pursue in our own volition, it will always lead us to disappointments and destruction. Why? Because anything that, that's earthly is temporary. Whatever we try to accomplish here on earth, in reality, whatever we try to accomplish for our own sake, for our own gain for our own selfishness is not gonna matter for eternity. And that's what sin did. It took us 
away from the opportunity of experiencing God fully. It took us the opportunity of just really worshiping God with our best. That's why my encouragement for everyone is this. Do not exchange the glory of the future for the urgency of the present. Yes, there are certain things in our lives that's very important right now, presently. But do not exchange what God has in store for you for what is present. Because it is incomparable. You may be comfortable today, but one day when Christ returns and you have exchanged God for the gods of your stomach, for the lust of the flesh. My prayer is that you will realize today that the most important thing in our lives today is our relationship with God. So parents, I want to charge you today. I know that there's this responsibility of providing for your children, but do not take away that aspect of trusting God in the process. For the children, I know that there are so many things that's up ahead for you. You want to be successful. You want to be famous. But my prayer is that you will not exchange or throw away the destiny of God for something that is so temporary. Because how we live right now, the decisions that we make today will definitely affect our future. So I want to encourage everyone today, do not exchange your purpose for sinful pleasure. Because it's not worth it. Sin may have taken so much from us, but here's the good news. Jesus restored everything on the cross. And because of his sacrifice, salvation is possible and available. And only those who trust in Jesus can enjoy his presence and his reign forevermore. You see, when Christ comes, the only people who will really enjoy the presence of God, the goodness of God, are those who trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now let's continue in verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 2. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah was giving this invitation and this challenge. O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is a challenge to let go of anything that hinders us. The sins, yung mga kasalanan po that hinder us from walking in the ways of the Lord. Those sins that corrupt us. But at the same time, it's an invitation to walk in God's ways and God's purposes. It is an invitation to live with a sense of urgency to live completely for Jesus alone. So church, here's my question to you. Are you willing to let go of anything that the world tries to offer you? And will you live your life for the glory and purpose of Jesus Christ alone? You see, the reason why God is trustworthy is because despite of the sinfulness of man, he still kept his covenant. He made a way for his people to return to him and to experience his glory and his goodness in Christ Jesus. And that, my friends, is the reason why we can trust and worship him. Because he is a God who keeps his covenant and he is a God who loves his people and he is a God who invites us to really worship him and to return to him. So here's my prayer. Let's put our trust in Jesus and let's live our lives for Jesus completely and wholeheartedly. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for, you have given us so much hope. You have given us this grace and you have given us, Lord, this
this picture of what's about to come. And thank you, Lord, for the promise of your word. I pray, Lord, for everyone today who's watching. I pray, God, that may you stir up hope in our hearts. And even right now, Lord, we, we put our confidence in you alone. And Lord, we ask that, Lord, if there are things that hinder us from fully knowing you and from fully worshiping you, Father, forgive us. And even right now, Lord, we put our trust in you. We commit, Lord, our lives to you. Father, I pray that you will just change us today, bless us today. Holy Spirit, may you speak to your people. We honor you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what? Let me just pray a prayer declaration to everyone. Can you all lift up your hands? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, thank you, God, for your goodness in our lives. We honor you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you for worshiping with us today. Again, next Sunday, it will be the 25th church anniversary of Victory Davao. Let's continue to worship God together. I hope and pray that you will continue to live your lives for the glory and purposes of God. God bless you, church. Let's celebrate together next Sunday.